Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast from The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 8, Episode 15, titled Worth. Uh, it's the penultimate episode of Season 8. What do you think? The season finale will be called Less. Uh, <laughs> you know, I will say that there were some scenes uh, in this episode that were written on a whole other level than anything we've seen the rest of the season. Okay. Um, I thought. I'm curious which ones those are. I, 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 and, and maybe I'm. The other thing I'm aware of is I've got this kind of weepy sentimentality because my granddad died over the weekend. Mm. So maybe some of the stuff hit harder for me than than it, than it would an average day. But like, yeah. No, I thought some of the stuff was good, and in isolation had the effect of making characters seem more clever than they are or are than that as clever as they actually are and that there's some machinations and some cool things happening but in isolation because if you stand back and look at their behavior over a season or two you can see that this is just an ass pull Mm -hmm. this is like you know the difference between writing like a novella and a trilogy of trilogies you know it's like (laughs) it's 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 not bad it's not that hard to write like a piece of moving dialogue in isolation so i mean if the writing quality was the average level of like rick's note to or carl's note to rick and negan's kind of like crisscross applesauce canary in the coal mine shaft anti-spy stuff was Mm -hmm. then i would be really happy with this season um but this episode like i said it was just and then the stuff i hated like eugene holy shit (laughs) yeah the stuff with eugene is kind of a train wreck uh i mean him and gabriel are the worst. I really hate those characters. Yeah, uh, the, the problem I have is so much of it is just so unengaging. And like yeah. e- even the stuff that I think could have been done really well and there's a nugget of a cool plot right. twist there. Like Negan's plan here yeah. of not telling Dwight that he's what he's doing and not telling Simon what he's doing but getting them to kind of reveal themselves I think is really good in slightly more competent writers' hands. Yeah. Um and, but it's I don't know what it is that makes this so uncompelling to me. Well, for one thing, you already knew about barcode. They can't even keep their own, like... But I almost think it was more compelling if they just showed me barcode. Just uh, show me that that's who he saw, right. and he goes back, and we know what he knows, and right. we know that Dwight doesn't quite know yet, and we know what trouble he's in. Like, if if you think back to, like, um, Breaking Bad, when, when Gus kills yeah. Victor, right? Yeah, yeah. Th- that is perfectly done in my opinion mm-hmm. but and and everybody has the information and it's not about right. like oh what does what does gus know it's not about that it's about right. how he's going to deal with the problem it's the kind of episode where you want to watch it again to make sure the new stuff you found out towards the end tracks clean except yeah. for nobody wants to watch another one of these things again right and, and i don't want to retroactively go oh i guess he was clever i i kind of want to go right oh shit i know this guy is smart i see right. what he's doing are these other people smart enough to get themselves out of it? Right. And they don't do that. And I, I don't know the, the letter stuff. I didn't have a grandpa who died this week, so it wasn't quite as moving (laughs) to me. Um, but I, I kind of felt at times, maybe this was actually written by Chandler Riggs, (laughs) this letter, um, which take that for what you will. But Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. It it wasn't quite as good for me. So I'm I'm thinking overall this episode had some potential, but it just doesn't live up to it. Are you saying that Chandler Riggs uh, acting on The Walking Dead is his own personal apocalypse? I'm saying I remember that before I... when I had time with my friends and birthdays and I could save for college and <laughs> oh, yeah. could buy a house in uh, uh-huh. this, a nice suburb in, in, in Atlanta. And then my parents didn't have to go on Twitter and rant <laughs> at the producers <laughs> of my TV show. Right, right. <laughs> I, I want to feel that way again for just, just five minutes. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't know. It, it didn't do much for me. <laughs> should we? Say. Should we get into the... Uh, should we get into the episode? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Hey, uh, we got uh, some housekeeping to talk about. Uh, we are getting ready to conclude our Walking Dead coverage, but we are just starting our coverage for Sci-Fi's The Expanse, going into its third season. It's a really good science. It's it's kind of like Game of Thrones in space. It's a really tight political yeah. thriller wrapped into 24th century intrigue about, you know, what would happen if essentially Earth, Mars, and the asteroid belt colonies were in a like a perpetual state of Cold War? And what would happen if something were to destabilize that? It's really cool. We're excited. The premiere is tomorrow night. Uh, we are going to have full coverage of that this season. We already have the preview podcast if you want to check it out on BaldMove.com. And also, two weeks from now, we begin our season two coverage of Westworld with a preview episode uh westworld is also very good we had full coverage of the first season it was a lot of fun to watch uh we're really looking forward to it coming back on hbo and all that stuff you can check out on baldmove.com if you'd like to submit any kind of feedback for those things you can check out those shows and, and send them to their respective email addresses also we're still doing twitch.tv slash baldmove jim and i just wrapped up are a way out playthrough we successfully escaped from prison one of us betrayed the other mm-hmm. one of us died one of us played paid the ultimate price it sure did tune in at twitch.tv slash bald move archives are on youtube.com slash bald move and finally uh don't forget we're going to be at con of thrones this year in dallas may 25th through 27th 2018 go to con of thrones.net to see the schedule the events all the celebrities that'll be there uh, Jim and I are going to be doing several pl- panels. We actually, I think, going to have one celebrity interview, which I can't talk about just yet, but it's going to be exciting. And get your tickets, importantly, because I saw that the top tier is already sold out. Holy so shit. It's selling out fast. Yeah. So check it out. We'll be in Dallas again, May 25th through 27th, Uh All right. That's it. The episode, uh, we begin with Rick's reading of Carl's note. Uh, it's been a long time coming, and he does it as he looks longingly at Michonne and Judith, and just imagine that there is an endless montage of plucky people from the hilltop doing plucky hilltop things as he's reading this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he says, you know, hey, Dad, I remember all these good things from my childhood, like, you know, my birthday parties and school and pizza and movie and cartoons and my grandma and grandpa, and, and mostly how he felt, how he felt special and happy and safe, and he wants people in this world to to get a chance to feel that way and especially rick especially rick and also by association the innocent families and workers at the savior complex that are just Mm -hmm. regular people families that want an opportunity for real life and that he challenges his father to find a way out of this to find a way to make every life worth something to start over so that maybe one day people can go back to their schools and birthdays and jobs and make that world come back which again I thought that was that was pretty this um this is the kind of shit I would like to see happen more often on The Walking Dead where there's actually a challenge to get someone out of their comfort zone and to get bit back and busy with the business of restarting the world. Like I I kind of thought 
one of the charms and joys of a long-term zombie survival show would be eventually we'd get to that stage. Mm -hmm. Like the reboot of politics and the culture and, you know, human civilization. And Walking Dead seems like it just doesn't want anything to do with that material. When we can retread people getting bit by zombies and people treating each other terribly and like animals and wondering about how the world is out there. And so anyway... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just... You didn't like it. The, the, you weren't moved. Well, here's the thing. With Walking Dead, I I look at something like the bookending that they do with these episodes, right? Yeah. You got a letter at the beginning, a letter at the end. And I think in a in a show where, let's say, the shine is not off the apple, mm-hmm. um, where my eyes haven't been opened to how shitty it is in general, right? maybe this would be interesting to me. Maybe like, oh, I like how they bookended this episode. Yeah. With me, I just see... The tricks of the trade that right. they're trying so hard to implement here, right. and and it comes off as almost clunky, yeah, and pretentious, yeah, yeah. At the same time, and I, it, I don't know how they're ever going to get me back to the place that I was in, like season one, where I would say, okay, these aren't just tricks of the trade; they're right. trying to do something in, intelligent and, and artful here, and, and it's, it's working, working, yeah, at a, at a high level. It's just not for me this episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not even going to say it's at a high level. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that this is uh, – I thought this was competently written, and it made me feel things, which is, you know, again, they had so they had some assists, some heavy assists on, on this week. Um, unless Scott Gimple wants to murder a grandparent of mine every single week. And he he, he might. Quickly he might. run out. Wouldn't put it past him. Uh, unless then... you're James Holden. He's, <laughs> he's just going to run out in two weeks. Right, right. Yeah, James. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Just with parents, he could, he could stay busy mm-hmm. for eight weeks. Close out the season. Uh, that's, a, that's a little teaser for our Expanse podcast. For our Expanse podcast. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You might wonder how a man can have eight mommies and daddies. Well, watch the Expanse and find out. <laughs> Uh, Michonne then looks, there's a, there's a shot of Michonne kind of like, you know, thinking things over, laying on her bed and she gets up and she makes a beeline to Rick's dresser and opens up the drawer that contains the note to Negan. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. And the music goes sour. Bookend set. Uh Bookend engaged. Chekhov's Uh, note. Chekhov's note. Uh, so Simon and Gregory then have a meeting at the Savior Complex, which this is just stupid. We, I, I like the goodwill that they burnt in the cold or they built in the cold uh, open is immediately burnt. Oh yeah, the Gregory scene. Fuck because this Simon guy. said, "Like, look, dude, you fucked me and you made me look like an asshole in front of everybody. It's time to die, and I have to do this to show them that I'm strong and capable as a leader." And Gregory made all those points for me. He goes, "You're uh-huh. absolutely right." So then Gregory, Gregory says, "I wrote some of this shit down." <laughs> oh God. Uh... I, when when he's Gregory or when Simon says going to kill him, he goes, "No, I've achieved too much for it to end like this. I've lashed myself to the bow, uh, seen through the storm, and have been reborn as a certified shit kicker. Who the hell are you to tell me when I'm done? You talk about juice. I am the juice." And then Simon th- body slams him to the ground, which I'm like, "Awesome!" I think this exact scene played out in Gimple's trailer before this episode was shot. <laughs> Look, Gregory, we're killing your character off. It makes sense for the story. Uh-huh. It's the perfect beat we need. No, I'm a certified shit kicker. Uh, I'm a certified character actor. Who are you? I've been on 24. <laughs> and then Gimple slams him by his teeth on the ground. I was in Independence Day. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, I loathe Gregory as a character. He's the worst. I hate this character. And for some reason, Simon decides to make him his coffee maker. Yeah. Like, if, yeah. if this scene had ended with Simon just shooting him in the head, I would have been mm-hmm. like, all right, this this was worth it. This was worth yeah. it. But 
I mean, there are two glorious moments in this episode, I think, that are truly ridiculous, but Uh I loved. One of them was Gregory getting his teeth slammed on the floor by Simon. Right. That was hilarious. The other one, maybe controversially, I don't know, was Eugene puking all over Rosita. (laughs) It was ridiculous and stupid, but it was so funny. It was funny. And those are the kind of things I wish they would do more in the show. Right, just And go... lean that direction instead right. of the serious drama stuff that they're so bad at. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just just make it Z, Z Nation is what you're, you're arguing for. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just don't understand what the appeal Simon is. Like, he's just going to have, like, a jet, something he's going to make into a gesture. Is just like a Sir Dantas from Game of Thrones where... Yeah, uh, he's gonna be my. But that's never gonna pay off because Simon dies this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, yeah, so like, the... there's another scene mm-hmm. later on where Gregory Marac, like, he just let's let's keep going because I, I, it's too okay. early. To, it has <laughs> the it hasn't been ripe. The the time's not ripe to to make this point yet. <sighs> Gregory the coffee maker. Uh, then we go to Seaside. Now, Jim, I have oh, joked. Fuck me. I have joked for what four or five weeks that that Aaron. Mm-hmm. Has been crouching behind a tree at the seaside. <laughs> I've been making that as a joke. Yeah. It turns out that's just straight up what he's been doing. It has to be. He's yeah. been crouching out in the woods around seaside, starving and thirsting himself half to death, mm-hmm. hoping that his vigilance is some kind of weird, you know, cinema paradiso morality t- play, and the women are going to take pity on his constant vigilance, yeah. which is intermittent vigilance at this point uh-huh. he can barely stay on his feet i haven't seen like what it's just bizarre i last saw you crouching behind a tree mm-hmm. this fucking season has made it clear to me that this is taking p- place over like two days mm-hmm. and you are just destroyed and it isn't demonstrating anything to me as an audience member the, no it's it's boring the shit out of me frankly yes. like, we have seen eight seasons of people running around in the woods surviving and this is more of the same, and it's boring. Yeah. Incredibly except, so. Right. This is the the most boring episode of Survivor Man possible. <laughs> yeah. He's not drinking his piss. He's uh, not doing, like, he's like this, uh, I, I just don't know. It's it's dumb. It's dumb. Yeah. And the women say as much. It's like, well, you can wait out in the woods, crouch behind this tree as long as you want, uh, but guess what? We don't give a shit, and they mm-hmm. step over him. And, and the thing is, like, I don't. The, what are the writers thinking here? Why are they trying to to make this point that they want to make with the speech? Yes. Why are they trying to make it by him running around in the woods, barely surviving the whole time? Why not have Enid just rip the speech off yes. from the top of her Get to young the point, dome? Because all of this wood shit is so boring. Plus, like that was that was a peer. Like that was a that was. I mean, there's a lot of interesting things about having even Enid given this to Jasmine. What the hell is her name? I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't uh, care. Yeah, because, uh, like, they're similar ages, they're in similar stations in life, mm-hmm. they're, like, you know, kind of being groomed for leadership positions. Like, that would have had some nice symmetry. Why does Aaron send her back so he can cry? I don't know. I don't know. Because you're right. Yeah. What they really want to do is, is get to him giving the Mel Gibson's yeah. freedom speech from Braveheart. Uh-huh. So you fucking fight. You, you, nothing has changed, in my mind, yeah. from the time Enid shot her grandma to right now. Yeah. I mean, if the speech was going to be that convincing... It would have worked without all the mud wrestling. It does seem like it's, but they they play it like because one of the her Amazonian bodyguards like whispers to him as she's passing, "Find water." Like, mm-hmm. did Aaron not know? Like the human body can survive <laughs> three days. Like that's something. Like I don't. I feel like I learned that in health class in fourth grade. Oh, that's interesting. I can go without <laughs> oxygen for like two minutes, mm-hmm. uh, two to three minutes. Water two to three days. Food two to three weeks. 
Okay. Okay. Cool. That's 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 useful information. I've got it. I'm, I'm I know how long I how long I've got to live when I'm abandoned in the forest now. And the funniest thing is he doesn't even bother trying to find water. Right. He's not preserving himself. All he does is set up a bucket and hopes it rains. Right. Go find a river. Like if you're or that thirsty, you're going to like be sucking muddy puddles. You're going to yeah. be yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just I don't. Again, in places called seaside, this looks like a lush lush forest like mm-hmm. there is water somewhere dude start digging mm-hmm. get some water there <sighs> anyway he's just out crouching behind trees is the point um eugene then at the bullet factory unveils his garlic sardine mac and cheese oh soup my god which is just he explains that he's had the wives cook this because this reminds him of being back in crunch time at university when he was too poor and i'm like sorry why would you ever pick sardines over tuna? Because I sardines yeah. got to be more expensive. I actually looked it up. There's a debate. There's a debate amongst like health nuts since they are relatively the same, and there's trade-offs depending on sodium and protein and all this other stuff between sardines and and tuna. That I guess they are kind of equivalent if you leave off how salty and nasty sardines are. <laughs> okay, they have slightly more uh, omega three fats. They have slightly less potassium and vitamin K. Uh, they have slightly less protein. I mean, who gives a shit? Here's it's the thing disgusting. I like about sardines. Yeah, they're not as dry as tuna. Tuna, mm. canned tuna, but in the in, oh, it, it's but, so fucking dry. But in the context of a tuna mac, yeah, it pro- especially a soupy one like that, yeah. it probably doesn't matter. That's the other thing is like yeah. I just my stomach turned how soupy it was. Yeah, like it just looks disgusting. And this 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 actor, Josh, yeah, Josh McDermott. He just uh. he just makes his character so nasty. I can't look at him. He chews. First of all, <laughs> most scenes like this, they would pause so the actor can eat, can spit this shit out because no one wants to yeah. eat this mac and cheese all day, especially this mac and cheese all day. Mm-hmm. Not so with with Josh here. He he does not stage eat. He is no eating in in long takes this Swallowing. mac and cheese. You can you can see it all. You know what? Every single time he took a bite, they didn't took out and did a take of the puking on Rosita scene. <laughs> yeah. They was able to rapidly iterate that. That's how Just they did it. take your coat off. Come over here. Puke. That's how they did it. That's how they did it. Uh, the man chews like he doesn't have teeth. Did you notice that? Huh. He chews as if he has got dentures that he has removed and he's just gumming it to death. But he has a full set of teeth. I don't know how you do that. Hmm. I don't know how you make your jaw look like you got no teeth. Uh, Josh McDaniels <laughs> does that. McDaniels. McDermott. McDermott. Yeah. McDaniels, Dermot, whatever. One. Yeah. Josh McDammit. Uh, one. Uh, no, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go for a sports joke right now. Uh, anyway, he scolds Father Gabriel for taking his mask off um, and also for sabotaging bullets. Uh, he says, don't you know that the way you've sabotaged this bullet could lead to the bullet slam fire and killing someone? And Gabriel starts crying in this just obnoxious little boy voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I mean it's really gross. If I heard a grown person talk like this, man or woman, I'd want to slap him and be like, "The fuck!" Uh, he says that he still fears death, and this is God's way of showing that he's just a scared little animal, the same as he was when he turned his flock away. Then Eugene suspends him from the line and says, "Don't cry too loud," and also you're going to be killed. And also, I need to go outside and test fire some guns. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This is just a, just a shit. This is just a shit show scene. It's terrible. Yeah, uh, they go out in broad daylight. I'm just starting. I'm going to start. And make it's sure boring everyone, too. Like, it that, is. That's the worst part. Is it's just it's, it's just unengaging. It's it's like the, it's like just watching his endless patent speeches. 
like general patent speeches from the movie mm. put through a bullshit filter uh-huh. and then watching a guy who maybe is a good actor i don't know but just filter it through this shitball character and it's the it's, worst specifically like in this part of it like later on yes when he's like going oh people were gonna get this done lickety quick whatever the fuck he's saying i don't know uh, it, the part that annoys me is like going to work round the clock with nary a carry for worker safety. Like, <laughs> right. what the fuck, dude? Who are you? Uh, the part that annoys me is this. This is so mechanical. Like, just the narration. All they want. Yes. They, they have some information that they want to convey, right. and they don't have a good action-oriented way to convey it. Mm-hmm. Like, you could have him outside shooting, uh, test firing those guns, mm. and it blowing up in somebody's face right like you right. could show these things instead of just dialoguing at right. us, which i fucking hate and you could grab the clip and look and he's like god damn it father gabriel's fucked up the car- criming caps or whatever the hell they were yeah and- yeah you go in there he, he pulls out the other bullets and he looks at him he goes yeah. oh shit that here's what's wrong with him who's you're the right. guy doing this you're right that would have been dynamic <laughs> it would have been <laughs> that would have been but interesting they don't fucking do it i don't understand it uh, so they got in broad daylight with a lightly armed escort uh, and quickly cross bolts fly and knock out his guards and Eugene his face looks like he wet his pants is how I can describe him instantly taking this this, this mean of command that slides off his skull and replaced with the guy <laughs> who just pissed his pants in junior high lit class and then Daryl and Rosita very angry drag him off Mm-hmm. All right, I'm liking this. I'm liking this. Uh, Negan then confronts Dwight, and Dwight has his mealy math response about, well, hey, you know, Simon was your number two. I thought you want him calling the shots. Hell yeah, I'm Negan. Uh, and then Negan cryptically says, I want you to remember this talk later on. Okay. Comments? No? I, not yet. All right. Negan then confronts Simon. Mm-hmm. Simon comes cleanish on his war record regarding the hilltop. Very deliberately omits his conduct with the garbage people. And he said, and Negan says, you know, when I took this place with you by my side, I wasn't sure I wanted to keep you on board. What you did killing all those men and boys, obviously referring to the seaside incidents. Mm-hmm. So, so, so it wasn't Negan's fault that I, I'm starting to wonder like how much of Negan's reputation is Negan's and how much of it is him just trying to take. Not, not like you know the only because the only thing worse than being responsible for the butch a butcher a butchery is like not having control of your own men. Yeah, that's like even more terrifying than oh this was just on accident it wasn't even a part of the plan shit. <laughs> so like that's kind of interesting. Uh, but he says you know I trusted you and you it's worked out till now and now I'm gonna need you on your knees. And Simon gets on his knees and looks like he's going to accept his death. And Negan says, all is forgiven. And at this point, and, when I on my first watch, I couldn't fucking believe yeah, it. Yeah, Negan looks like a real fucking idiot here. He sure does. Um, and, and that's the major problem I have with how they wrote this series of scenes here with between Negan, Simon, and Dwight. Uh, it only ever feels to me like they're concerned with what people are going to think in the future mm-hmm. or going to feel in the future, the viewers. Right. It doesn't seem like they're concerned with what they're feeling in the moment uh-huh. a lot of the time. And this makes Negan look like a fucking idiot. Right. Instead of if they had shown Barcode Girl. Right. I, I, don't, I don't know her name. Yeah, um, Barcode Neck. That's her name. Yeah, but Barcode. If they had shown her in Cody, that episode where short. he pulls up and sees her on the side of the road. Yeah. 
we would not be thinking, oh, Negan, you're such a fucking idiot. We would be thinking, Negan's got a plan. What exactly is it? Well, the other thing, the other reason that this this narrative is confusing and muddles because they kind of told the story of Negan fucking up and having the wrong game plan and Simon seeming like the voice of reason. Uh-huh. Like, he's the hope and change in this scenario, and Negan is the established politician whose plans are clearly not working. So, yeah. like, and we've also seen Negan... Forgive Gregory numerous times, forgive his own men numerous times, lose control of his men mm-hmm. numerous times, make empty threats numerous times and not full of following through on it. So, like, it's a story of Negan's incompetence yeah. that they just upend for this one episode. Right. In isolation, yeah. this is a really cool, and, and Negan looks like he's a genius, but he's this is a... This is a a flash of tactical brilliance in a swamp of strategic failure. Mm-hmm. And that's why it doesn't go, and it's not satisfying, yeah. in my opinion. Um, I, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, he then deploys uh, his plan for the Siege of the Hilltop, uh, where he has ten outposts surrounding the hilltop, and they're essentially just not going to let them in or out, mm-hmm. and they'll starve them. And, uh, Fine plan. Dehydrate him. It is. It's a yeah. great plan. Mm-hmm. It is a plan that will work. Yeah. I don't think that... And would have worked. A long time. And now that they all fell back to the hilltop, it's a huge vulnerability because they they can have this happen. Uh, And Simon approves. And I get the I I get the opinion that if Negan rolled this out like two weeks ago, Uh he's got no problems. And he really should have. I mean, Negan is late to the party here, realizing that the Alexandrians or I guess the hilltop people now will not be cowed. Right. Uh, So. He dismisses them after everyone approves uh, it's te- the plan's testicular heft. Uh, and then he holds Dwight back. Oh, this is a real head-scratcher. Yeah, and here's the other thing where, like, I, 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 there's mixed signals because one of the things I've often marveled is why Negan thinks he can continue provoking people. Mm-hmm. Like, he, by, like, by backhandingly praising Dwight, I guess he's trying to provoke him into another betrayal, maybe. Because, like, but, but I, well, we've seen him do this for seasons. Like, he's like, hey, Dwight, don't you remember that time I ironed your face and fucked your baby mama mm-hmm. because her sister needed medicine to save her life? <laughs> but you're smart, though. You'd never betray me. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. This is a this is a human being with, with, with pride and dignity. And, like, you think you can beat him down, but eventually they're going to rise up against you. Mm-hmm. So, like, which is it? Is... Negan, this deft study of human character and a brilliant tactician, or is he a person that can't navigate his way through a fucking conversation without putting both feet in his mouth? And it, it it's the ex- in this scene, it's the exact opposite of what you're talking about. You know, like normally he's he's sticking it to Dwight. You know, he's he's saying, "Hey, you fucked your wife. Hey, I burnt your face. All that." In this scene, he's giving him a pep talk, and this, but it's it's a. This, it feels entirely wrong, and that Dwight doesn't pick yeah. up on this and go, something is seriously fucking wrong here. Right. It does not speak well of Dwight's intelligence. Yes, agreed. Which agreed. is a problem in my mind, because I want my I want intelligent actors. I don't want right. just characters who are blindly stumbling through the plot. Uh, so Eugene, as he's being frog-marched back to out the hilltop, I suppose, almost talks himself into being summarily executed, because he starts thinking essentially... That they've, they, he thinks they've rescued him and have not killed him because of some kind of vestigial feeling of brotherhood and camaraderie. But except for it took him a hundred more cuffs. words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Daryl threatens to cut his tongue off. Uh, 
Rosita says you're a waste of skin and we're going to put you in the deepest, darkest hole and only pull you out when we need to know something from your brain. Mm-hmm. And then Eugene bristles with anger and you see something, some sort of primordial backbone, backbone, backbone <laughs> uh, start to form in his spinal column. I mean, look, the bare minimum, you cut off his mullet. Like I, I it, this I would have thought I would have said this is the best episode in the last five years, <laughs> if the first sign of Eugene's bullshit, Daryl just grabs a handful of his mullet and just slices it off. Yeah, and says your tongue's next. You know, like <laughs> yeah. that would have been fucking awesome. Uh-huh. But Eugene gets away with this, with just an even more unwarranted sense of self-importance. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Uh, do you have anything you want to contribute, do, or should we just move they- on? Do they need Eugene anymore? Now, now that Maggie has her no big book needs of Eugene. medieval secrets, no, no, like you know, like I, I get it. Eugene is valuable because he can make bullets, but they don't have the equipment to make bullets. One, right? Uh, they need all the shit that the saviors are holding down, right? Um, so what good does his his knowledge do you when you've got uh, who is it, Kathy Durant? Yeah, and you got that lady giving you books of secrets. I'm just thinking that. Like I'm looking at Negan's dude. Let's let, let's say he has a hundred saviors left. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's got infinity, but whatever. Sure. And they're all a certain type of dude. You mm-hmm. know, they look like they're ex-military, law enforcement, biker gang, yeah, rural survivalists. They have a very specific type. There's not very many like Eugenes uh, or Jims or Aarons in that crew. Mm-hmm. Out of a out of like you you round up a hundred of those dudes, and like one of them knows how to make bullets. One of them has hand-loaded bullets before. Probably. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, the fact that Eugene knows how to fucking make bullets and that's some kind of... No, he doesn't. He knows how to assemble bullets from spare casings and the pro- and, and gunpowder and lead and the bait. The, that's like saying, you know how to, I don't know, fucking make a stapler if I gave you a bag of parts that say stapler assembly right. required. Like I couldn't make it from scratch. I can't build a couch, but I can screw together an Ikea piece of furniture, you know? <laughs> right. Like... Get the fuck out of here with this shit. Uh, I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, Dwight is back at the hilltop. Or no, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I wouldn't want to confuse you. Uh, Dwight's back at the uh, savior complex, the sanctuary, mm-hmm. engaging in very amateur espionage. He's just taking, he's he's kidnapped, he, he's stolen Negan's map and written his own notes on it. And someone knocks on the door and it takes him like 30 seconds to get everything put away. <laughs> yeah. Thank God it wasn't Negan kicking your door down, although mm-hmm. turns out that ship sailed. Uh, and Simon confronts him and says, hey, we're having a gathering of like-minded anti-Negan individuals to discuss doing what needs to be done, and Dwight agrees. Yeah, here's the, the true tragedy of this scene, mm-hmm. is that Stephen Ogg is punching so far above this material's weight, so fucking far. This guy needs to find like his defining role. Like, I know he's in Westworld. I know he's had a lot of screen time on Walking Dead, but he needs to find the role that's really going to put him, like... Well, Grand Theft Auto where wasn't he deserves it. to be. No, I mean, his... <laughs> I was going to say his face is not really on uh, the screen, but it kind of is. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that character looks just like him, but he needs to find that role that everybody's going to know him he for. He is a hell of a... He's like a Walter uh, Walton Goggins type. It's like, yeah, it's like yeah. God, this guy is watchable as shit. Yep. He needs to be in something like Justified that showcases him. Yeah. I mean, not you know, like the, like a perfect fit. Like you, honestly, someone needs to make a role for him. 
Sure. I think he's yeah. the kind of personality that that, that, that deserves it. But here's – I thought it was interesting how he couches this and like, look, what is our rule here? You deliver, you get shipped. Mm-hmm. And he's making a compelling case that Negan hasn't delivered for a long fucking time. Yeah. And honestly, that they have better succeeded in telling that story than the story that Negan is untouchable, irreplaceable, unbeatable. Yeah. They really have. And I think it's a problem. Like, they've made Negan look so foolish – trying to tell these other stories and trying to stretch this shit out beyond its natural shelf life that they've jeopardized this actually interesting material with a good actor. So, good job. Um, Daryl is busy elaborately taking out a couple walkers. Like, he's like, okay, Rosita, you you half-acidly guard Eugene while I go stunt on these four walkers. And we're not even going to film it because we want to make sure we get all of Eugene's plan in action here. And we also don't want to spend the money for the prosthetics and all right. that shit for the zombies Yeah, so anymore. we're just going to, you're just, basically, I want to have uh, Norman Reedus twirling in the middle distance with the uh-huh. camera focus aggressively on Eugene, so he could just be spinning <laughs> circles and, right. you know, wrestling with pillows over there, and you'd look like he's doing something cool. Uh, here is Eugene's brilliant plan. He sees the patented stealth zombies approaching from the rear mm-hmm. to flank Rosita. <laughs> and he then oh, takes shit. two fingers, crams them down his throat, and he throws up sardine mac and cheese all over Rosita. Ugh. As she recoils in disgust, he scampers away. Hilarious. I that have is to the say. plan. Absolutely hilarious. It I is. Thought. It is in, in exactly the same way of him biting Dwight's yes. dick yes. for victory was hilarious. <laughs> this too was hilarious. Now, what happens next is Eugene breaks line of sight behind the uh, fence for maybe thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rosita and Daryl follow him, and they find this like charnel house of piles of burnt ash and skeleton looks like someone's had a grain old time burning humans or zombies who knows they all look the same when they're burnt like this and they're like he couldn't have got far let's keep going they run past and then eugene just gets out of the middle like he is he he buried himself in the middle of one of these piles yeah quickly like 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 he had one of the elfish cloaks from lord of the rings like it's re fucking ridiculous it's and- fucking ridiculous and I just don't know how he did it because the way he stands up, it was clear that he was on his stomach. Yeah. So how did he, he cover so how himself? He, yeah, I I can't imagine trying to get that stuff on top of me from my stomach. I feel like he's like a he's like sea turtles. It. He's got flippers for his. He took <laughs> off his shoes and he just started like you know the mama sea turtle digging the hole and. Fl- I I don't know, man. It's just dumb. <laughs> it Again, is, yeah. it's super cool looking, but like mm-hmm. it doesn't hold up to any kind of. Yeah, all it requires is like critical thinking. A little bit better staging of yeah. the thing. Yeah. But. Yeah, if he had five minutes mm-hmm. and if he was like on his back so he could have like, because, you know, I've buried myself in the day. I know how it works. Most people have. Yeah. Don't fucking insult our intelligence with this shit. Or, or let me see his flipper feet. <laughs> I, I, I mean, if you're going to do this, yeah. I, I didn't, didn't like just, just have a, a one off of his flipper feet. I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. That's well within his capabilities. <laughs> they could have got that insert shot. Shit, yeah. Easily. Shit, yeah. Uh, I just, you know, just entertain me, goddammit. Uh, so Aaron gets rained on. He's too incompetent for getting water. Gabriel would love this shit because God is providing. Oh, yeah. Uh, at the exact moment that the torrential downpour wakens him so he can start watering his face, a whole crew of zombies come out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. He's in the middle of a woods. Yeah. 
and we get several 360 degree panoramic views of the action as zombies continue to stealth attack him. It's insane. It's insane. <laughs> he loses his knife in the mud somehow. Uh, there's three more zombies. He kills one with a stick. He gets one tackled on him that he has to fight for like a four or five minutes with. Uh, he fins off the very last one and then he collapses unconscious. Thank God, no more stealth zombies. Uh, he had the instinct it, and the instinct you get as being a Walking Dead actor of when the extras have finally stopped coming and you can <laughs> collapse in safety. He awakens to the seaside Amazons standing over him in a well-armed ring. Then we jump again, and he's now inside their cabin, and they're discussing his fate. And he w- <laughs> he regains consciously and instantly goes into this full-throated Braveheart speech. If you blame Enid for, for this, but it's actually the Savior's fault because they hurt you, and they'll keep on hurting you unless you fight. Mm-hmm. And I guess that carries the day. We don't really know, but that's where we leave it in this episode. Yeah. Thoughts? No, I, I mean, I've said everything I can on this. It's uh, just bad. Yeah, I just, yeah, that, that's, uh, okay, anyway, let's move on. Dwight meets up with Simon's men and Gregory outside the sanctuary complex. Gregory explains, or Simon, sorry, Simon uh, explains to the throng that if you're here, you're in, no take backs, gotta kill Negan, we gotta destroy the hilltop. Uh, I love Gregory's face when this happens, like he's like looking like he's about to shit his pants. Uh, Negan comes up whistling. Um, just me or was Negan's whistling a little reedy in this episode? Yeah, yeah, kind of right. I mean, that's how I whistle. Yeah, which is to say, not at all. Right. It's like if you never bothered to learn how to whistle, that's how mm-hmm. you whistle. A little reedy. Uh, and then he counts down from three, and then all the men are killed, except for Simon and Dwight, which makes sense. And Gregory. And Gregory. What? Someone explain to me, please, why Gregory is spared. Plot shield. Like, why would Negan be like, okay, character I, armor. I need to I need to I need to beat Simon down so I can maintain my mystique of invincibility. Uh I need Dwight so I can so so that he can betray Rick in the fullness of time. Mm-hmm. Uh I need Gregory because Yeah, they make it clear in this episode Negan did not expect Dwight to use Gregory as the messenger. Yeah. So that was not it. Mm-hmm. Um there's no reason other than the writers like the character of Gregory. I which don't is understand. I don't understand. And they hate Simon, apparently. Uh, anyway, um, so he says, as I alluded to, that uh, you lied about the garbage people, Simon, and I'm a, such a badass, I'm going to give you your shot to be the man because you got to beat the man, blah, blah, blah. They then have a fight. They change locations inside the sanctuary, and they fight in front of a... Ring four or five people deep of just oddly disaffected saviors. They look mm-hmm. in there. They have a blank expressions on their face. They're not cheering. They don't look particularly sad, happy, grim. Result. What? What is the deal? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, was their direction literally stand there with blank looks on your faces? What am I supposed to think about? The, the, it, does, does this? Does the sanctuary not have an opinion on who should win this fight? Maybe not. Maybe they're just waiting to see the outcome. Maybe it doesn't matter to them. Either way, they're going to get treated the same. I don't know. It's just I thought it was a weird affect for this crowd to be like this. For sure. Um, so they give uh, Simon opens things up with a sucker punch in middle of a speech, which, you know, fair enough. That's that's his character. Uh, they both give and get a fair bit, but eventually Negan gets the upper hand and then proceeds to strangle Simon to death. As he does, 
he is just furiously screaming about how this is his fault that he has to kill the hilltop because I mean honestly he's it's weird that he's given like Simon's own logic to him as he's strangling him. I have to do this now because you have failed time and time and time again to quell these people. I, is I mean, he talking it's... to talking to Simon or is he talking in a mirror? R- right. And he's he's fundamentally wrong here. It is not Simon's fault in any way. It's the fault of the Alexandrians. They're you misread the room, dude. Yeah. You you failed because you didn't realize that these people will not back down. Right. And then they went and infected and all the other settlements, been, right. too, with the same bug. Yeah. Right. I mean, that was the problem here. Not Simon taking over and trying to kill them all. That's what right. you should have done in the first place. Negan has fundamentally misjudged everything here. No, and I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I kind of... I think they're they hinting that this, this fury that Negan was feeling was actually directed inwards towards himself. Because he is essentially stating Simon's case against him, um, and then transferring but that rage Negan and anger onto that? like that's the thing. I don't ever feel, subconsciously. I don't know. I don't ever feel that he does, and so I I don't I don't know. It doesn't but, work. But the the, the 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 also I thought Jeffrey Dean Morgan's performance like when you're playing an unhinged character, that's like very close to you're you're teetering on the edge of parody. You got to sure. get that ferocity, but if you go over the top, then it's almost a comedic performance. And I thought that he was on the bad side of that hill a lot of this choking scene. Yeah, uh, I, I can agree with that. But I don't know because again, like I'm sure the dire- his direction was shit. Like yeah. probably like we'll fucking read the script, you know? Like there was no direction, and or the direction was the more, more, more because the director himself Faster, is terrible, more intense. Yeah, he's George yeah. fucking got George Lucas out of cryo sleep <laughs> for this shit. Uh, they might have. That would explain why every member of this audience in this fight looked yeah. like Hayden Christensen talking about sand. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. And then you're you're all supposed to be Jedi, right? Uh, uh-huh. And then then the really odd thing about the crowd being so disaffected is Dwight has this big pantomime with Gregory where he's like, "Take these plans and get him to Rick. It's your only chance." Everyone within 30 feet should have seen this conversation and this thing happening. If yeah. it was a raucous crowd where they're all like, yeah, Negan, Simon, and get him killed, and, and like it's crowded and everyone's yeah. trying. But, but the way they staged it makes this other scene not fucking work. And how does yeah. no one notice that? Anyway. It's a damn fine question. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, he makes Gregory his spy mule in the quote-unquote confusion, and he gets away. And then afterwards, uh, Simon corrals Dwight and says, you're my new right-hand man. You've got a promotion. And then he leads him back to his apartment, and he opens the door, and there's Barcode Neck. Mm-hmm. And she says, Jacques. And then... And then Simon, and then Negan's like, it all makes sense now. And he essentially recounts us the last 12 weeks worth of episodes. Which take place over 45 minutes of real time, right. I think. Right. And the fact that, like, yes, yes, these are all things we've noticed about. It's called Negan slipping. And you haven't noticed until, like, literally a Deus Ex character came and told you mm-hmm. the obvious thing. But you're smart because you engineered this canary coal trap thing. Yeah. Uh, so he said, thank you, though. You are my right hand, man. You did deliver my fake ass plans to Rick, and that's going to let me wipe him out. Uh Oh, uh oh, gulp cliffhanger. (laughs) This is good. This is the way to do a cliffhanger. My sure. Sure. Tell us what the hell's going on, what the stakes are, and then let us bite our fingernails over who's going to win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he says, they're not going to know what uh, hit him. And he goes, I thought about killing you, but I'm not gonna. I got plans for you, Dwight. 
Uh, yeah, what are his plans? I, I have no idea what his plans could possibly be for Dwight. Well, we'll talk about it here in about two minutes. Uh, okay. Eugene comes barging back into the Bullet Factory, looking hilariously like Robert Smith from The Cure. <laughs> like, between his weird mullet styling for being an ash pit uh-huh. and the ash itself giving him this muted, dusty look, it's just, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> The American gladiator-looking savior woman informs ne- uh, him that Negan's going to go kill Rick, and he needs his fucking bullets tomorrow. And Eugene says, no problem. Now, previous in this episode, I've left this out, but Eugene's essentially said, there's no way we can make any of this reasonable amount of bullets. We're going to try to make the bare minimum needed not to get baseball batted up the ass, mm-hmm. and then that'll be good enough. And that's working morning, noon, and night. Now he says he's going to make the whole shipment tomorrow, mm-hmm. and they're just going to do it because they got to. And wh- what the fuck, man? Were you pulling a Scotty with Negan and <laughs> right. sandbagging him? I can give you 1,300 bullets. We asked for 4,000. Uh-huh. Uh, 1,300, that's all I can give you. And then, yeah, he delivers all 4,000. I mean, th- this like, do the, do the writers know that this isn't how management works? That you like can't you can pep talk and get like you can't pep talk and production. get 4,000% more performance out of someone like a sure like, a, look, a little bit more. Yeah. Look, you can can you give a passionate speech and get a good quarter performance out of professional athletes or, or kids playing for school pride? Absolutely. Yeah. Can you make people mechanically assemble things twice as fast? Probably. Mm-hmm. Can you go from struggling to make a minimum quota in a week to being done with that said quota by the next month. No, no fucking read the mythical man month, man. <laughs> like even if Negan brought, uh, 50 more dudes with the American gladiator woman, it'd still uh-huh. be a struggle. It's, 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 yeah. it's dumb, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. He's got this, this weird fucking pep talk that he gives in his fucking weird Eugene speech style. And, and also, it, it shows, like, the, the men looking at him, are they're not even buying it. It's not like everyone yeah. along the line. You see, like, you're right. We are the losers of this. So we can, we, can, we can get to the top of the safe. Like, no, no one's buying it. It's just a fucking weird scene. Yeah, no one seems affected by anything in this episode. <laughs> no, and he still, as he looks like Robert Smith, sits down to start making bullets. Mm-hmm. So, all right, whatever. All hands on deck. Uh, Simon is now out on the fence, chained up as a zombie, and Stephen Ogg hmm. is giving A++ plus 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 zombie would infect again. Oh, yeah. He, he's really, like, like he's relishing it, and it, it, it's a lot of fun for mm-hmm. two or three seconds at last. Uh, Michonne calls Negan on her CB, says it's about Carl, and she's going to read his letter to him, which is essentially... Uh, companion piece to Rick's letter. Yeah. Saying, hey, look, I was out helping someone and I got bit. LOL. Uh, I know you're looking for a way out. My dad's looking for a way out. Maybe you want to kill us all, but is this what you really wanted? I'm like, huh, that's an interesting question. What does Negan really want? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't get any answers to that. He says, even if you beat us, there'll just be someone else to fight. The only solution to the future is working together and forgiveness. I hope Dad offers you peace, and I hope if he does, you take it. I hope that everything can change and start over because you still can. And Negan, like Rick before him, says, I'm going to kill all of you. Fuck Carl's last wishes. No more talk. (laughs) And then he beats the CB radio to death with Lucille. End of episode. Yeah. There you go. There's your book in, man. Can we talk about the the brilliant uh, symmetry of the two letters? I mean, in a better show, yes. Yeah. In this show, no. I mean, that's the thing, like, even all of the filler kind of distracts, because I'm thinking, 
to really have this connect, you would have to have Rick reading and then vowing to kill Negan. So then you can track what happens. You can't have Rick put off reading for four weeks, vowing to kill Negan, and then him read the... I don't know. Maybe you can. Who knows? The, the mistakes the show makes are legion. It's really hard to kind of unfold them all. Yeah. Uh, but here we are at the end of another episode. We sure are. I presume is we it ha- just Is it just me, or... Yeah. I, I was thinking about, okay, every week the episode seems to get longer and longer. They're they're actively reaching toward an episode and 53 a half minutes, no every commercials. fucking time. 53 minutes, no commercials this episode. I'm, I'm assuming what they're doing here is they are pushing more commercials from the Talking Dead airtime air mm-hmm. into the Walking Dead airtime mm. in order to get to get more advertising revenue. Because Talking Dead doesn't have the audience that The Walking Dead does. Yeah. Obviously, it can't, right? Right. It's a companion piece. So um, you're saying that they don't run many commercials during The Talking Dead? I don't know. I, I was thinking about because I don't watch Talking Cause Dead. Because my observation, just watching a little bit, is there's a lot of commercials. Oh, are there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was just wondering if that was what they were doing. Because it seems like that'd be a smart move. Yeah. If you got an audience of 6 million on this show, an audience right. of 2 million on this show or whatever. But this was like about 10 minutes of actual extra footage. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I don't... what like. And I was trying to think, like... Yeah, maybe they're not doing that. Yeah. I was trying to think of, like, whether this ended at 10.20 or 10.15, but... Um, it was but, pretty late. But the thing is, is the show's... Um, it's so weird because why are the why are the episodes actually longer when you cut out the... Even cut out the commercials? Like, why do we need, like, these FX-style hour and 30-minute episodes, hour and 20-minute episodes? Mm-hmm. Um Things are already, like, have been stretched out so much, it's so weird to add yet more filler. I guess they may sell yeah. more commercials. I mean, that's making AMC money every time they run this in oh, front absolutely. of... And, you know, The Walking Dead, yes, it's lost a third of its audience, but it's still pulling yeah. six, seven, eight million people live. Yeah. That's those, not nothing. The CPMs are still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I am here to tell you about the club at club.baldmove.com, a place where you can go to not only support Bald Move... Uh, help us keep the bits flowing and our hard drive spinning here, but uh, also get some 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 great extra content and features for yourself. For example, we saw uh, A Quiet Place, a movie written, directed, and starring John Krasinski. Yes, that John Krasinski from The Office, the goofy dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, made a really good horror film. He sure did. Really effective. Grab you by the nuts kind of horror film. You're a, you're a Walking Dead fan. You might not be used to something like that right now, but if you want to feel that kind of like really pulse pounding, oh shit, I care about these characters and I'm afraid for bad things to happen to them, get your ass to see A Quiet Place and then come back home and we've got a spoiler filled uh, discussion of the movie for you. We have that, uh, you know, more weeks than not here at our first round of bald movies. One of the premium features you get as a club member, along with VIP access to the forums, video versions of our podcast, ad free feeds of our podcast, and all kinds of other bonus audio content. Check it out, club baldmove.com shall we engage in some feedback uh yeah let's do it this is our email of the week if you'd like the chance of being considered for email of the week write us at watching dead at baldmove.com jim who got the spotlight this week uh i thought this was a pretty good segue into what i think we have as an announcement this week um will wrote in and he said i'm a lutheran pastor who loves the apocalyptic genre in tv shows movies and comics i apologize for all the foul language just We've, this, guy's, this is not the first time this guy's written before. Or... This is not the first time that, yeah, a, a priest or a pastor or somebody 
very very so this high isn't the same this isn't the same i think, I think the pope wrote us one yeah and said, sure which one please please fellas please stop <laughs> stop with the language uh no i i don't know but I, I apologize for all of all of our horrible activities right uh the greek word for i'll apologize when gimple does okay because look what he's done to father gabriel that's uh, not a flattering depiction of a clergyman that's true yeah, yeah. don't don't lock your yeah, like I, I think I, I think God would prefer barn. me saying "fuck" to locking my clerk, my 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 flock outside and being ripped apart by yeah. undead cannibals. I don't know. I haven't read the Bible in a while, <laughs> but I used to read it regularly, and I, I think it's more of like "fucks" are, are things that God can let slide more mm-hmm. than the, the the murder and and negligent homicide of of hundreds of, of his followers of yeah. his followers of his flock. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Could All right. Wrong. Uh, Will goes on. The Greek word for apocalypse literally means to uncover or to reveal. So at the heart of the apocalyptic genre is that they reveal or uncover what it means to be human, a universal truth about the nature or direction of the universe, and to entertain the question, what would I do if I was in that situation? Uh, so I guess my question is, is there anything else this show could reveal to us that gives us insight to human nature and the moral arc of the universe. Is there anything new they can uncover for us about Dwight, Gregory, Eugene, Morgan, Maggie, Negan, and Rick that we don't already know? Or is the apocalypse of the walking dead, the lesson of how poor writers and the micromanagement of corporate executives can kill a good show. Um, and he asks, could anything be revealed in the season finale that would keep you watching the show or keep on keeping on with the watching dead podcast? Uh, that's, that's kind of the part that I really wanted to talk about. Um, I don't know about you, man, but I think I'm done with The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. For season sure. eight, I don't think I can do this podcast next season. Yeah. And, I have know, fun doing this, but eh. man, it is a chore to watch this fucking show. Right. Yeah. I mean, so I guess if we're going to have this conversation, we should also say, like, what do we mean by that? Um, are we saying that we are no longer going to live watch The Walking Dead? I have fun live watching it. Here's here's well, what I say. I have. So what what forms of existence are you prepared to accept? <laughs> uh, maybe maybe a live watch. Uh-huh. Maybe just getting on, ripping the show, and being washing my hands of it. Right. Um, but I am no longer interested in spending three hours a week uh-huh. um, after the live watch uh-huh. preparing my notes and right. watching the show again. For God's sake, I don't want to right. watch this seriously anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And try and analyze it. I'm done with that shit. Yeah. So. Uh, I think this might be the last season of our podcast. Yeah. Um, well, let's and, and not I, let's not pussyfoot. It is okay, the it last is, season yeah. of the podcast. Right. So next episode will be our final yeah. transmission from the like hilltop. I want to have a I want to have a fiesta next week. A fiesta for our freedom. Yeah, freedom fiesta. Uh huh. I don't know. Maybe we should just have a wrap up. Like we should we should do a we should do a Walking Dead wrap up where we encourage everyone to write in. And talk about their favorite memes, the favorite episode, the fake. Because, like, honestly, I forget all the different shit. Maybe we can, like, play some of our classic skits. You know, okay. Let's have a full celebration. Like, yeah, let's, let's yeah, so next let's week. celebrate the, the death of the walking, next watching week, Next week we'll, we'll finish out the season, but then the week after that we'll finish out the series with a little bit of, like, a, a retrospective. And we'll give you an extra okay. an extra week of preparation to think about that. Because, yeah, like, we've been doing this for eight plus years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is one of our longest shows. It's one of the few complete shows that we have in the archive. Yeah. Uh, we don't even have that for Game of Thrones currently. We're Not working yet. on it. Hopefully at the end of the summer we will. But very few shows have, have gotten the full the full treatment over the years. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I think of, like, all the different, you know, when I t- think of terms of skits and the fiesta and the fact we did, like, you know, going back into Bald Move history, the, the Kickstarter, which is one of the very 
primordial ways that we transition this weird hobby into a a job, a career for us. Um, you know, The Walking Dead's important, and uh, you know, just just walking away and washing our hands of it would be a Scott Gimple move. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to. We, we need wanna, to bookend it. Yeah, we want to. We want to. I know there's there's been there's still thousands and thousands of people who, against all odds, still listen to this podcast. And you guys are doing it for a reason, and we would like to reward those type of people with a, just a nice, nice long reminiscent. Uh, you know, not talk about how we're going to fix the show, not no. just 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 make peace with the fact that the show we thought we were going to get is now a, a, a dead. Like that, Carl, yeah. really, and that's that's I've said this. If you go back, mm-hmm. I've been saying this since what season three and four when we first started really taking heat for being haters. Yeah. Uh, the reason I keep watching the show is because I like the Rick and Carl story. I like the that that arc, and it's increased. You know, it became increasingly clear that that would never happen. They're never going to turn that corner, mm-hmm. and now they've just they've killed off Carl. So, yeah, and Will follows up um, with his final paragraph here. To be honest, if you guys stop watching the uh, stop the Watching Dead podcast, I will most likely stop watching the show. At least the comic is still good, and that's kind of been my thing running for the past two years. Here is. I know that we're keeping people watching this show actively and I feel (laughs) feel bad bad, about that. I feel genuinely shitty about propping up whatever portion of the walking dead audience we are propping up. Mm -hmm. I don't like that in my bones (laughs) and I can't do it anymore. I've seen the stats. I don't think their, their ratings are going to go down by a measurable amount. If if the number is 10 people who are just watching the show because they listen to our podcast, I can't do it. All right. I can't do it. So it's got to end. Um, and if we don't end it now, it's going to go on for another four years, and we'll be miserable the whole time. And yeah. you'll be miserable watching a terrible show just to hear our podcast. Yeah, because we're like even like because it's scary. Because honestly, uh, I want I sometimes wonder what would happen to us this year if The Walking Dead had not come. Like if we had stopped doing The Walking Dead because yeah. like we haven't had a lot of choices to, of things to watch now. Oh, this is maybe a, we would yeah. maybe we would have done full coverage of Altered Carbon. Maybe we would have. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know. There I know there's things that have been on that we haven't done and we haven't mm-hmm. watched, or maybe we just got fully caught up on our commissions, or maybe we would have done more stuff on Twitch. I don't know, but I guess that's. We're to the point now in this show's life cycle and with the traffic we're getting where we could really almost do anything else yeah. and probably start building towards something that's actually going to grow rather than something that's just going to continue to stagnate and decay, which, for its credit, is thematic for The Walking Dead. <laughs> like It's like we have become the zombie show mm-hmm. that you just can't quite put put a bullet through its brain um but now you can just kill it with a boot to the head yeah or, or whatever smashing our, our, it on our, a hood. our sun ripened georgia yeah. skulls are so soft they're so you could just soft. Sh- you could take one of those like fucking you know the spoons that mcdonald's give you for their shakes where they're kind of like i mean you seen that where like they, these people are trying to like cut a weird divot at the end of their straw and call it a fucking spoon Divot at the end of the yeah, straw. like you mangle the end of a straw, and this is a spoon straw now. I've seen like the the, the, the no, they're selling me on that's a spoon. square the square straws with the actual spoon thing at the end. For that's like, like a Dairy Queen dairy move because yeah. they use that as like the drill bit or some kind of weird shit. Uh, yeah, the, the yeah. mixer. I'm He's not talking about the fair. McDonald's. It's just like like an old man took a straw and whittled a spoon at the end of it. <laughs> How is this really? I've lost the thread, man. I that's the kind it. of straw like that kind of half ass compromised straw could scoop a brains out. Yeah, that's how this thing started. Gotcha. You can't throw me off the scent, no matter how hard you try. Of this analogy, uh, I do want to touch on his actual question about the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. That is the big 
that's one of the sad things that they have left so many things that they could reveal about human nature. Like, I mean, the fact that Gregory's talking about politics, absolutely there would be politics back. I mean, like that would establish itself almost the day of the, the human civilization. Like the, the, that, that's cause that's how you nonviolently compete for power. Mm-hmm. So it would absolutely come back and like, what would be the OG survivors reaction to seeing like, Rick being politically outmaneuvered and maybe that's a good and maybe that person wouldn't even necessarily be a villain maybe that's the the and then what happens when that 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 peaceful regime gets threatened by another Negan or outside like would they get yeah. better like you know I, there's all kinds of things and like how do they what are the first pieces of te- technology they how do you manage herds how do you manage this? there's so many fascinating stories they could tell that still have yes zombies are threats and but it's just like star trek if every f- fucking planet they went on either had klingons or romulans it was just that over and over and over again yeah you know, fuck that show. Nobody would like Star Trek. There was no discovery. There's nothing. Re- there, there'd be nothing revealed about human nature if it was all a fucking war analog all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's what The Walking Dead has become. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, there's tons of things they could reveal about these characters and the world around them and and how humanity survives and and how it would change religion and politics and social orders and what it would do, you know, for like uh you know what 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 would it do f- for concepts like racism and sexism and you could use it to like hold up a mirror to society they don't do any of that shit yeah it's just a continual thesis of how humans are shitty beings and it's, it's the one question should we should we kill or shouldn't we right it seems to be the only question they dance around right and if you look around this in like it seems like a human civilization has been they've answered a question the question is increasing just no no you don't you don't kill people. You yeah. should always look for ways to not kill people. Cooperation is the only way to The, the thesis of The Walking Dead is, is, been, is bullshit. Humans aren't savage animals. We do yeah. want to cooperate and work together. It's not, yeah. it's not this fragile thing. It's a very resilient thing that keeps asserting itself time and time and time again that we don't want to live like animals and we don't want to dominate and tear. And you know, some of them, they're assholes and they need to be defeated. But... I it's yeah man and they're desperately trying not to answer the question definitively right is the problem and right. and that leads to spinning of the wheels and just boring the audience to yeah tears. it really leads to morgalizing where you have the same plot for the same yeah. character executed three times identically mm-hmm. and now he's going to go off to another show I'm sure to start the arc all over again with a new group of assholes to bounce off of yeah like. So to answer your other question, could we could they do anything, reveal anything in this episode to make us continue watching? The answer is no. Oh no, the this answer episode... is definitively no. There, right. There's nothing that's going to keep me watching. Because this that's show. the thing. Like, go back and listen to our finale episodes for seasons four, five, six. Mm-hmm. Probably not seven. Three. You can even start at three. No, three was a sh- three was our first. Oh, like... you were going to say there was something positive. Okay. No, no, sorry. No, like go <laughs> go back and listen to that, and like every single one of them is essentially us saying. Wow, you know, I didn't think they could bring me back, but you know, that's ah. so interesting or so cool or is executed. Like, it just gives us a glimpse of the, what the show could be. Mm-hmm. No, no. Only to we, be strung along again for another season. I've, I've, I've gotten full on, full frontal nudity looks of what the show is, and yeah. it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. The parts, there's, there's parts that are missing. There's parts that shouldn't, that are there that shouldn't be. Uh, they're out of proportion. They're like, Oddly, both uh, covered in hair and and balding. <laughs> it's just not not a good not 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 just a bit patchy, of good patchy hair. It's just mange. Uh. 
There's there's odd seepage. Oh god. Uh, you know, it's it's just not it's mm. not not good. Lumps and and horns. <laughs> Honestly, there's horns that that's surprising when you see it, see it. Uh, it's <laughs> Will does suggest we start a new show called Woking Dead. Woking Dead? Yeah. What's that? Uh, it's a show that is essentially the show we're doing right now, actually, which just <laughs> says, "Hey, we're woke on how shitty this show is." <laughs> Yeah, well, that's I think we've been doing that for like three years. Yeah. Um, but it's time it's time to cut it off. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I feel like um, it's kind of the stages of grief. Like these last five seasons, we've kept going after season three have been the five stages of grief. The you know denial, mm. bargaining, anger, uh, and it's yeah. The now fr- we're at acceptance. I, I think that just... yeah. After the court documents recently came out, where everyone's suing everyone and no one gives yeah. a shit about anything but money, and it's like on the record, it's like this is the the real problem is AMC. Yep. And they own The Walking Dead, and there's no hope. There's no, no hope as long as that. And and Gimple being promoted to essentially managing both of these shows now. Right. Uh, that that makes it even worse in my mind. Like they're unwilling to say, "Hey, take responsibility for the audience drop off." Well, here, I mean, they're not going to give fired. any. But that's the thing; like, they're not going to give. Like, holding him accountable and and getting Guy Ferrari or whoever in there mm-hmm. would be an exercise in futility because they're just not going to support the show the right. way it needs to be supported. Yeah, there's not going to be the money. There's not going to be the 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 talent. Uh, or the time. They're not going to like the like. Honestly, at this point, to change the culture would be very hard. Yeah. So probably impossible uh what needs to happen is this show needs to die and needs to go away for 10 years and then robert kirkman after he finishes the comics maybe needs to option it to a netflix or an hbo or a fucking uh CISO, whatever, a whatever trilogy the, of trilogy whatever whatever channel hasn't even been created yet to, yeah. to do something like that um because that's that's yeah it's 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 bad it's like star trek gets every once in a while where it's just no one not, not worth watching man yeah gotta be gotta wait for the reboot uh so there you go uh we will start. I guess you'll start collecting some of these reminiscings over the next few weeks. If you send it in to Watching Dead for the finale episode, Watching Dead at BaldMove.com. Mm-hmm. We'll have one more e- email of the week next week for the final episode. And then the week after that, we'll have a uh, uh, a podcast wrap. Yeah. Never done that before where we've quit. I mean, we've quit shows here and there. We've seen shows through to the conclusion. Uh-huh. But we've never had like, a, okay, we're stopping it and we're just going to have a little kind of party about it. Well, I guess, I mean, this, like you said, it's the longest, one of the longest running shows. Actually, it is the longest running show we've ever done. Um, oh, yeah. Because Breaking Bad ended several years ago. So. Right. Eight, it's like, uh, even Mad Men is only seven seasons. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess Game of Thrones will be as long. I mean, there's no, if you compare episode count. Right. Yeah. So, for sure. For sure. Hundreds of hours have been spent. Thousands of hours have been spent podcasting this me. show. Don't remind me. Like lots of bits have flown. Um, yeah, but but yeah, ultimately this yeah we just there's there's less and less creative and funny ways to say the same thing each right. week. So we're not going to say it anymore. Um, that's it for this week. Yep. You want to take us out? Yeah. If you want to, you know, follow us along on our 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 next journeys. I feel like we we maybe pulled a ripcord on this one week too soon. Uh, but uh, you can go to baldmove.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and on Instagram at or slash baldmove respectively. Uh, and then you know, don't forget we are going on to a really good science fiction show in the science uh, sci fi channel Expanse. It's uh, premiering tomorrow, Wednesday night. We'll have f- full coverage of that uh, out Friday. 
Uh, and then two weeks from now, we go on the Westworld, which is a really, really, really good science fiction show. Mm-hmm. There's not you, you don't have to follow The Walking Dead for your science fiction. You know, it's got gore, it's got sex, it's got foul language. Like all these shows deliver those th- same things. Mm-hmm. Hell, there's even kind of space zombies on the kind Expanse. Of, yeah. uh, there's even kind of robot zombies on the Westworld. Mm-hmm. There's that 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 there's that there's there's, there's there's shit to scratch your itches, man. At a at a much like at a, at, a, at a level that you can respect yourself as a watcher, and that's what we'll be at baldmove.com. Uh, see you next week for the 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 season wrap. The week after that for the podcast wrap. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. See ya.